It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Who they think they're going to beat them Bengals? It is the Locked On Bengals podcast with your hosts, Joe Goodberry and Jake Lisko. Find us on Twitter at Joe Goodberry and at Jake underscore NFL. Please like, subscribe, and share as we try to grow this community and pump out daily Bengals content just for you. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. Today, we're brought to you by Blue Chew. We will not be around tomorrow due to uh, Joe working an overnight, and it's a holiday up here in Canada. That might also create some complications on the 4th of July. I don't know what Joe has planned yet. That's right. We haven't talked about that, have we? No, so we'll figure that out and let you guys know when we'll be available this week. But there's a holiday today, too, though, Jake. It's Jake's birthday, guys. I don't know if that's a holiday, Joe. All right, I'm trying to make it but fun thank for you. you. Thank you. I appreciate I, that. I know your parents are listening. They are. So they are. <laughs> How old are you? I'm 31 today. Doing anything fun? I'm going to go swim in a river. That's fun. And, Is it a uh, dangerous river? No. Very calm, cool, lazy river? There are areas that are quick. People do occasionally die in this river, but I mean... Oh. <laughs> it's you got to be pretty dumb, like jumping into jumping from high surfaces or you right. know, swimming in obviously fast water. I I know where the nice pools are that are nice and calm and not really moving and get a little bit warmer. Well, that sounds like a good time. Yeah, I'm gonna maybe go out to a lake cabin, have some dinner, play some games. 31 years old, old man. It shakes out. Yeah. Uh, no. You can you can also find the podcast we're supposed to tell you guys on the Himalaya Podcast app. That's right. iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, the whole the whole lot of them. So today, as what Joe was getting to, I think we've got a countdown to kick off for you to continue, and then some kind of miscellaneous stuff to get to in the second half of the show. Yes. Should we jump right to 72? Number 72, the biggest addition to the offseason on defense? Oh, my God. Yeah, when you put it that way. I know. I did. I, that's the first time I've actually thought about that. He could be, right? Jermaine, uh, yeah. I mean, Jermaine Pratt, sure, we hope. But I didn't even finish the sentence. Go ahead. Uh, Jermaine Pratt. Is, is guaranteed? It, to, no, it, I, I don't know. Like I, I, didn't, I don't feel that strongly about it. Right, exactly. Exactly the the point there is I don't feel it should be. I hope it's Jermaine Brett. Who else is new on the defense? BW Webb, hopefully, maybe. Yeah, all right. But he may be the fourth corner. Is the fourth corner. He, mm. he could potentially play 250 snaps. I think Kerry Wynn's definitely going to play that. What about uh, the rookie free agents that we're going to talk about in a couple of days? Curtis Aikens and Sterling Sheffield. No. No? 
<laughs> you don't think so? Deshaun Davis? No? Oh, no. Yep, there's nobody. So the 32nd ranked defense for much of the season. So this is the number one guy. What did we say his name? Kerry Wynn? Kerry Wynn, 72. Kerry Wynn. Comes over from the New York football giants. Why do people say that? Because there used to be a New York baseball giants, but they moved. Yeah, San Francisco Giants, right. right? Yeah, right. There's only one Giants now. They're New York. Yes. Well, and there's New only Jersey. one New York. Anyway, you know what I mean. Kerry Wynn has been a pretty average player for most of his career. He's He's been on a slight ascent, I would say, as a run defender. But he had okay. a couple decent years as a situational pass rusher for the Giants, and then last year that totally disappeared. Yeah, I'm looking at his... PFF grades, and he's never even played more than okay. The one year he played 580 snaps in 2015, mostly as a rundown defender. 250 of those snaps, uh, which is a good chunk. We talked about it with with Jordan Willis how if you can get to close to 50-50 for run defense versus pass rush, it means that team views you as as that type of guy. But since then, uh, he's really like last year, almost 300 snaps as a pass rusher to 100 as a run defender. Yeah. That flipped somehow with the with the new coaching staff, where they just felt he could uh, definitely help as an interior guy. And and it's interesting. He, if you look at his by game position logs, he's playing all over the defensive line, and yeah. he has some games where he's playing more interior than exterior. And as the season goes on, it looked like they moved him inside. Right. That's what I was just going to say too. If if you look at it in total, so 393 snaps on the defensive line last year. D-tackle gives him about 150, whereas – and there are some nose-tackle snaps there, six of them. So it's, let's say 160 snaps. And then any type of edge, it looks like about 200 and some change there, 240, maybe 250. So it's, it's worth noting, though, that left end versus defensive left end in PFF notation, left end is probably inside. Ah, really? That, that's uh, – Because they if have left end outside also, right? It would be, yes, if it's a 3-4, if there's three down linemen, left it's end is inside. Yeah, left end would be 5-tech, left end outside would be 7 or 9. And if so it's, it's defensive left ball. end, if it's defensive left end, sorry to cut you off, it's a 4-3, four, 4 down linemen front. Gotcha. Yeah, that's so that would be the bulk of his snaps. Mm-hmm. He's, an, he's an interior guy. Yeah, run down defender, interior pass rusher. 6-5, 263. Not a guy that you would think would go inside, but but like you said, if you're putting him out there, and this is something you've said all offseason, and I've been like, really, this is our solution? He's going to be that nickel rusher. Right. And hopefully rotating. Hopefully Jordan Willis and Sam Hubbard can eat some of those snaps if everyone's healthy. Yeah, they have two other guys that look like they're good fits for it, for sure. Right, and, and had some experience last year, even though it was mixed results for the most part. But neither guy... You know, I think that takes a couple of years to. We we said it's about D tackles transitioning from college to NFL. It takes at least a year for them to get up to speed and power for the inside game. I think anytime you kick a D end inside, it's usually those veteran guys that that make that splash or are able to make that adjustment. I should say. So I I wonder if um if that's the case with Hubbard and Willis, and maybe they just needed another year of seasoning mm-hmm. before they can really make an impact there. Mm-hmm. Kerry Wynn, it's worth noting, has he came into the league at around 23 years old, but he went to Richmond for university, for, for college. He was a CAA. The Richmond Spiders. Yeah, not not a Division One guy. One of his Another. best... What's that? 
I was going to say, there's been some other Richmond guys, and I'm trying oh, yeah. to, uh, and I'm trying to think of who it was, but uh, it escaped me just as I thought it was at the end of my tongue. Yeah, I don't remember either. He was a college free agent for New York, and he was a third team All CAA selection. So he wasn't <laughs> even wasn't even a first teamer in in the division he was in. But he's went on to ha- he's he's had a five year going on six professional career. Yeah. That's a solid career because he's played a lot of special teams also. Um, and I'm looking at this. 21 total pressures last year. Two sacks, 19 hurries, two batted balls. That's not too bad considering it's about 289 pass rush snaps. Yeah, I mean, his wins must not have been very impressive right. judging from his grade. But he was productive, I would say, on a per-snap basis. If if you if you say he's going to get he won't get that many snaps I think in Cincinnati but if you said he was going to get 300 snaps and produce that way you wouldn't be that mad at it. He's always been a standout in, in preseason and I remember him first in preseason a 2017 preseason grade of a 91 overall wow. uh, in 88 snaps so I mean he was just completely dominant in, in almost everything run defense was a 73 tackling 75 pass for 63 I don't know how that adds up to be a 91 uh, but they rated him that way seven career preseason sacks, 28 career um, pressures or total pressures on 282 snaps. So that's about what he did this past year, same rate, all, all, only just way more sacks. Yep. I have no fun facts on Kerry when I can't find him. He's got a big neck. Don't they all? Yeah, but I'm just looking at his, uh, his picture right there. Yeah, I really can't find... That's Takeo Spikes type neck. Football players get huge necks. Carrying around that helmet, right? I guess. I don't know. Maybe maybe lifting weights. Maybe. <laughs> Might help. So, Terry Wynn had a pick six in November last year. How about that? There you go. Uh, according to Giants.com, Carrie Wynn was one of the Giants' most disruptive players in a 27-22 victory in, against Houston last year, which is true. That was his most highly graded, grain, graded game. Wow. Talking is hard today. So we had 220 special team snaps last year. That's a lot. That is a lot. That's like that's one of your lot. ace guys. Yeah. So that's – I mean, he might play a lot of snaps just on that. If you count the special teams and defensive snaps for the Giants, 613 total snaps for Kerry Wynn. I'm just. I feel like that's that's like league leading snap number. It's gotta be a way to figure it's that, not, that out. It's not. It's, it's not. not. No. You got Clay, it. Clayton Fedulum had 370 snaps for the Bengals alone. Nice. Uh, Terrence Brooks for the New York Jets had 390 special team snaps. Okay. But Kerry Wynn, what'd you say it was? Two. It's about uh, 220. Never mind. That's not even on the top page. What about for D Lyman? I don't know if I can just look at that list. And I can't. I can't narrow that down. Let's see. There are no defensive linemen on this first page. Oh no! Here they are: Brandon Copeland and Anthony Chicolo, three twenty-seven and three twenty-six for the Jets and Steelers. Impressive. Mm-hmm. If we expand this, then there's Kyle Wilbur, who's an edge player for Oakland, three thirteen. But mostly safeties, corners, fullbacks, linebackers, tight ends. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. He's up there, though, for edge guys, I guess. There aren't very many edge guys on the list. 
Yeah, I was going to look at the Bengals total and see what where he would uh, fall in there for special team snaps, and I've got it right here. Their uh, their number. So if he had two twenty, that would have placed him in the range uh, between. Oh, get this. Two rookies last year, Sam Hubbard and Malik Jefferson. Sam Hubbard, 232 special team snaps, which is 51% of special teams. Sam, uh, Malik Jefferson, 215 special team snaps, 48%. There you go. The top three guys, special team snaps. Can you guess them? You, you got one with Clayton Fedulum. Um, so special team standouts for the Bengals last year. Uh, Clark Harris, is he on the punt team? Yeah, Clark Harris would be. No, just because uh, it's just not enough Long Saver doesn't count? Yeah. Well, it, it counts. He just had 140. Oh, because not kickoffs? And, and returns, right. Right. You won't be on those two. Uh, Darius Phillips? Uh, no, Darius Phillips. I can't even see him on there. He's got to be way down there. Vinny Man, Ray? Where's... Vinny Ray is up there. Number two, 344 snaps. 76% of all special teams. I don't have any other guesses. Brandon Wilson, 281, 62%. He's a really good special teamer, versatile guy. Bengals' best special teamer is Clark Harris, of course. Of course he is. He snaps the ball. So to round it out then, those three, Hubbard, Jefferson, and Hardy Nickerson. Hmm. There you go. Something to think about there when they're making that 45-man roster, who's active and who's not, especially at linebacker. To see Jefferson play that many, that's a uh, good sign. They have enough. They have enough guys to go out there and play special teams. They don't need Hardy Nickerson to do it. No, they don't. Should we move on? Moving on. We spent too long on carry one. Yeah, that'll happen. Justin Evans is next on the list. He was a college free agent in 2018, signed with Baltimore. Spent the year on the practice squad there, I believe. He played in the preseason. He played a lot of left tackle for them in preseason. And graded out pretty well for the most part. He had a disastrous game against Miami in mm. week three of the preseason for Baltimore. But besides that... Oh, that'll that, get you cut. was pretty good. I don't think he got cut. No, I just mean week three. You know, that's the that's the one preseason game right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he um, had a very bad game against Miami on 16 snaps. Had a 12.1 pass blocking grade. And besides that, he was very good in the preseason for a total pass blocking grade of 70. Yeah, so those other uh, three games had to be decent. It's interesting because he, I, it's, it's, he actually was playing a mix of right guard and tackle in that game against Miami. He gave up one pressure, but he only had five pass blocking snaps. Oh. So something happened bad. Yeah, I don't know how that equates to He must have only one. played the last drive. Being the third preseason game, undrafted guy. He played two positions, though. I think it was two drives. Um, I, I think maybe what it was, he was getting beat a lot, and it wasn't resulting in pressures. That's how that kind of grade happens. Okay, so maybe he got beat every snap, only one resulted in a pressure. Yeah, something like that. Gotcha. Still, who, that... who knows what position they came at. He had his first two games, he had 42 snaps at left tackle and didn't give up any pressures. And the Bengals signed him in May, May 23rd? That's right. That's about the time they would have uh, uh, really been sure about maybe Clint Bowling. And, you know, this is so this is this is pre Jonah Williams. He was still practicing. Right. They're pre after drafting him, though. So, yeah, oh, this yeah. is probably just a guy they were interested in and they picked up then. He was I mean, they, they must have. He's listed as a guard, right? 
Yeah, he played guard and tackle for. He's listed as a guard tackle. Okay. Oh no, he's listed as a guard on the Bengals website. When they signed him, they said tackle. I think we could see that all shake up, and they're going to try and see who can play tackle. They have a bunch of college free agents competing for second string offensive tackles. So. Yeah, Justin Evans. Then throw his name in there. It seems like he's wearing seventy one, so you know he's got that advantage. It's a big. It's a big advantage. Better than the next guy on the list. You you don't like this number for offensive lineman number seventy. Well, it's got a uh, it's got a rough stench on it right now from the last guy, Cedric yeah. Wahey. Fair enough. I'm gonna see if I can find any fun facts about Justin Evans from South Carolina State. Okay. Does this something easy? I, I want. Where are you pulling these fun facts from? You must have a website that that just gives you facts on these players. When the uh, usually like a team a team bio page, South Carolina oh. State. Uh, here we go. Nothing. Nothing. Um, <laughs> just a guy out there. Yeah. Let's see. Oh, this one wants me to unblock ads, which I'm not gonna do. Do you do you get that? And it's just, man, I'm not gonna actually use your website if you want me to unblock ads. I don't even like the one that comes up. It says that we use cookies or we do we take your information. Press accept. I never press accept. I just scroll right by it and keep reading. That's a uh, that's a that's a European requirement. That's why they all do it now. Europe passed a law that that I think said you have to tell people what you're tracking and give them a chance to opt out. See, but that's. They're still doing it, so I don't really have an option out of it. You you can opt out. You actually can opt out by saying decline. Uh, you can usually go in and say what you allow them to track. They make it very very cumbersome because they want they want to do the stuff. Of course. Anyway, I can't find fun facts on Justin Evans. Whatever. Number seventy, O'Shea Dugas. There was some hype about O'Shea Dugas early in the off season activities. Okay, <laughs> I'll take your word for it. Well, there, there were there were people saying what, keep, uh, Lapham, I think. Keep an eye on O'Shea Dugas. Um, it looks like there aren't fun facts for him exactly, but um, he says he was playing his senior season at Louisiana Tech for his mother. He's also listed as a tackle guard. All these guys, all these backups are listed as tackle guard. Maybe that's just, hey, you need to be able to play multiple positions if you want to make this team. I, I, the, this article doesn't say, sorry, we're talking about different things here. This article doesn't say specifically if his mother's passed on, but it's written in such a way to suggest that. So that's, oh. that's pretty sad. Yeah. Um, so not a fun fact, but a fact. Any fun facts here? He was a football track and wrestling athlete. Won a state championship in wrestling. Those are the fun facts. Good. Wrestlers, they make good offensive linemen. Like Russell Bodine. Yeah. No, there's a lot of... of, That's not supposed to be a a shot. There is a lot of uh, wrestler offensive linemen. You can go out... You can watch O'Shea Dugas against Louisiana State University. I there need is to. there is a YouTube video of Louisiana Tech offensive line versus LSU. Well, that'd be one worth watching. He's a rookie. He is a rookie, college free agent, okay. twenty two years old, six four three thirty. He's a giant. Oh yeah, big boy. Then he's a guard. Unless he's long, 
or in, unless he's super, he's a dancing bear, which is one of my favorite ways Pat to. Uh, exactly, Pet Sims was a dancing bear. He was the dancing bear. Well, if you don't know what that means, that means he's a big guy with light feet. Big guy, light feet, dancing. Were there bear. actual dancing bears in the circus or something? Where does that come from? Must be. You can't get know. a bear to dance. You can get lions to, you know, put your head in their mouth and not bite you. You could probably get a bear to dance. Same with gators. Would you rather put your head in a gator's mouth or a lion's mouth? Probably lion. Mammal brain versus reptile brain. Is what are you saying? That the mammal's more evolved? More controllable, more trainable. Hmm. I can see that. When when right. you talk about like the primitive part of the human brain that that just focuses on survival, you talk about the lizard brain. Which one could I, if they, see, I'm thinking if one bit down, what would be more severe, number one? Number two, which one could I convince to open back up? I think the crocodile or alligator would crush your skull and you'd just be dead. Oh, that'd be it. Because they have a lot of force There's on their bite, There's so right? much force on their bite, yeah. That, that jaw snapping shut crushes things. See, I, I think about like the big like canine teeth, well, feline teeth, but of the lion just... Hitting my skull and You're just shredding my... You're not in good shape with no, either. <laughs> I don't think you are. Because I think you, you can't help but to have the claws with it. You know? The claws of a lion are way worse than the claws of a gator, right? Yeah, but the gate Like, you're just dead. You're just dead. It's it. I mean, I guess it's like, would you rather go out quickly? <laughs> you know? that Then... Well, the gator might drown you. So, that might be the best case. Is it? Anyways. This is terrible. <laughs> I hate this conversation. I like to think about stuff like that. What would you rather do? I hate would you rather. Neither. These are both terrible ideas, and I'll never be in the situation I have to choose. No, but they prepare you for real-life situations where you have to choose between egg salad sandwich or tuna fish sandwich. I like both of those sandwiches. I had egg salad for lunch today. Why are you, why are you saying fact. those are bad? That's a great They're not fact. bad. I'm not saying they're bad. I'm going to have cake for lunch today. Like, my kids can't make a decision on anything. Is it because they're kids? I don't know. But I hit them yes. with these scenarios all the time to prepare them. It's because they're children. Yes, I know. Time for a break? Yeah, we're way past due. Okay. Let's let's slide it in as we do, and we'll be right back. Guys, let's talk about sex. Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue, like the color blue. BlueChew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up as twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Let me tell you, we get free samples, and if you think Marshawn Lynch has a good stiff arm, you've seen nothing yet. Blue Chew is prescribed online and ships straight to your door in a discreet package. So no in-person doctor visits, no waiting at the pharmacy, and best of all, no awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than the pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code LOCKEDON. Just pay the $5 shipping. Again, that's B L U E 
BlueChew.com. Promo code locked on to try it free. BlueChew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the Locked On Bengals podcast. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And we are back. Jake and Joe with the Lockdown Bengals podcast. Long gone are the days of rookie holdouts, but I got to tell you, I was getting a little bit nervous with how long it took Jermaine Pratt, Bengals third-round pick linebacker out of NC State, to sign, and he did over the weekend. Was it Saturday or Friday? It was after we recorded, for sure. Uh, So we figured we'd hit you with that news update. And uh, I don't know if he was injured. He was on the sideline. He was on the rehab field for a couple days. But I don't know how that impacted his signing, but definitely it's done now. I would really like someone that has the opportunity to ask to ask what happened, why. Right. It's so right. weird. It's not a big deal at the end, but still, you know, this is a guy we want. As we were just saying in the first segment of who's the biggest addition to this defense, a bad defense. It may just be Lou Anarumo, but the point being is on the field. Uh, we'd like to see Jermaine Pratt win one of those three starting linebacker positions and hopefully be a sub-package player, and if he can, that's awesome. But, you know, I, so I wanted him out there and comfortable and on the, the regular field with everyone from day one. And I think he was practicing uh, when he was healthy. Yeah, walk-through stuff. Well, I think he was still I think he was still part of the full practices as soon as he stopped being on the rehab field. Like he was okay. a regular participant, but he just wasn't signed, which I just I don't understand why he wasn't signed. It's very weird for a third round pick. And I guess we could look around the league um to, to see if to there's figure out yeah. Anyone left? Yeah. Not something I thought of before I just said it. But that is a piece of news. A bunch of people sent me Twitter mentions that said, oh, Jermaine Pratt signed, he's going to get hurt now, and I just want to tell you all to stop putting that evil in the world. Yes, do not speak that into existence. Speak positive things into existence. Yeah. The negative will happen without our help. He's going to win a rookie of the year. Yeah, do that. Um, Other news, longtime linebacker, we'll stay with the linebacker, Bengals linebacker, Vincent Ray, Vinny Ray is visiting the Baltimore Ravens, or did visit the Baltimore Ravens. I don't know if they got a deal. He had a tryout or a workout or something. Great, because that's probably the one part you have to question with him is his physical ability. Does he have anything left in the tank? Because he did it with the Bengals. How old is he? Maybe 31. He's he's as old as me. Oh, that's old. You don't have anything left in the tank either. I don't get anything left in the tank, guys. (laughs) (laughs) But <laughs> point being is when you saw him, he was an undrafted guy. Those guys don't normally don't have the longevity with their careers. You know, everyone sees the same kind of drop off or dip. I'd love to see a, a chart or some type of graph on this, but I just feel like undrafted or late round guys, guys without that high end pedigree or high end athleticism, don't have the same longevity because as their their athleticism or speed starts to dip a little bit, as all everyone does, like a Terrence Newman, he can he started off so fast so athletic that even when he was 35 he was still decently athletic but a guy that's maybe just barely average coming in 
by the time he's 30 and he's lost a step, you're at the point of, you know, I don't know if you can play anymore. Right. Yeah, you lose that step and it's much more detrimental if you didn't have the step in the first place. Exactly. Which you worry about with, you know, Vontaze Burfix, but he's not around anymore. See, I'd like to see like a 40-yard dash combine in longevity chart, right? Guys that run a 4-3, how long do they stay in the league versus guys that run a 4-5 at wide receiver? I bet you there's like no trend. Really? You think it's just whatever? Good players get extended? Well, I think that maybe some guys like, ah, oh, there might be a trend. Like Devery but, Henderson or or what's his name? No, um, um, oh, I'm just, Ted Ginn. I mean, like, there's a guy who's a bust yeah. and just continues. I mean, he's been productive. He's had himself a career, but he'll always get signed. He's had Drew Brees really help his career out, I think. But even with the Panthers, he played with Cam Newton. He yeah, it's a couple good quarterbacks. It is, yeah. I mean, he, the fact that he got signed after being in Miami and managed to be productive in Miami is a better argument for that, I think. Who's who's the guy for the Steelers that was a former high pick, fast guy, Darius Hayward Bay? And they ended up being just like a special teams, like, standout for them a tackler and everything a blocker i mean he he's big completely flipped his career from being i just run fast in a straight line to i'll do whatever you need me to do and he had himself a long career it'd be interesting i guess you you could you could go look at that i'm gonna uh, make probably it, like look at corners and yeah. and receivers and safeties and linebackers maybe look at like agility for linebackers like as soon yeah. as their hips start to get stiff that's it for them or, or, I don't know. Maybe Running it's back not too, that. Right? Maybe it's something else. Running backs is just you're going to be out of the league in three years. <laughs> well, like, Adrian Peterson is such a freak athlete that he is still such a freak. He's also a superhuman. Like in many he ways. is. Like, he, he yes. has connective tissue healing faster than other humans. Do you remember the report from the doctor when he tore his knee up? And the doctor's like, so I cut in there, and I'm like what is this it's like it's like fiber muscles just overlapping each other i had to cut through inches of muscle to get to his tendons and like the way he described it, it's like i can imagine wolverine start to reheal itself as the doctor's yeah. in there trying, to, trying to fix it uh yeah probably a lot like that he must be he came back from an acl in nine months or something and was good and he was Super great good. yeah there was no drop off and he's still like he keeps showing up to these workouts for these teams, and they're like, oh, you're more athletic than our 23-year-old rookie here. Okay, yeah. we'll send you. <laughs> He's still got that straight-line power. He's still in the NFL, right? Yeah, Redskins. Still doing it. Uh, another note is that the Bengals announced their training camp schedule. Good. Uh, July 27th, they're opening in Dayton for the first day of training camp. How's that sound? From someone not from Ohio, what's that like? I don't know why they're doing it in Dayton. It was part of the uh, 100 years of the NFL, and Dayton was an original oh, football yeah. city. Right. Sure. Weird, but sure. Okay. I uh, think you should do things like that, though. You end up with, how far is Dayton from Cincinnati? Uh, it's no more than an hour, depending okay. on what part of Cincinnati you're coming from. Right. 45 so, minutes from most parts. So you get different maybe people to come see the practices that wouldn't have. It's easier for Dayton fans for sure, and it's on a Saturday, so yeah, they they could do to uh, attract some fans outside of Cincinnati. Try to expand that market a little bit. Yeah, that because would you start going north, you start getting Cleveland fans real quick. So where do they go? Kentucky. It used to be in Kentucky. 
Kentucky, Southwest or Southeast Indiana is is where they draw some of their some of the rest of their fan base. But Northern Kentucky is pretty sparse. Like you got you got the Cincinnati suburbs in Northern Kentucky and, and then Louisville is the next city, I think. Right. I think. I don't know. My Kentucky geography might be pretty bad here. Do you have uh, the schedule in front of you, training camp? Yeah. What are you Where, asking? Family day. Family day is Saturday, August 3rd. Same as the scrimmage, right? Black, are they still doing the black and orange scrimmage, or is that a new thing with Zach Taylor or an it, old thing? It, it doesn't indicate on the schedule here when the, when the scrimmage is happening. Hmm. But I would assume happen. so, because that's in the stadium. That's yeah. in Paul Brown on yep. the game field. Family day's fun. We've done that. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I've only been to training camp once ever. It's more fun now that social media um, just eats it up. Mm-hmm. So you post things and people go crazy and you know have fun like that. I actually felt pretty disoriented the first time I was there. Because there's, there's a lot going on? on? Yeah, there's a lot going on. I didn't know what I wanted to watch. Yeah. I met up with John Sheeran from Cincy Jungle when I did. And he's had some experience doing that. And I think sitting next to him was fantastic because we were just like-minded brains looking at things, pointing things out that the other guy wasn't noticing. And we were just, oh, that guy happened. So he's looking over to the right, I'm to the left, and we can share information quickly. It was good. That's a good segment. That was last year. Okay. Uh, Logie B, who is a – he's often in our mailbag. Yes. He put out a top 10 Bengals content creator ranking. John Sheeran was number six. Really? He was number six on the list, and we were going through it today. Got a direct message from Logie. said, you'll want to read this. I'm clicking through and seeing Paul Daner's number three. Great, yeah, Paul does a lot of good stuff. And would you look at it? Joe Goodberry and Jake Lisko, Locked On Bengals podcast, number two. I demand a recount already. Joe is upset because he's not winning. But you know who's number one, Joe? Who's that? Dan Horton, Dave Lapham. Well, that's fine then. I'll, How I'll are we going to beat those guys? Right. They're actually employed by the team. They're in the stadium. Dave Lapham played for him, and he's he's might as well be in their front office. That's the true. access he has. <laughs> right. Dan Horton's the man. Yeah, Dan Horton's great. That's a Western New Yorker right there. Syracuse, I believe he went to. Voice of the Bearcats and the Bengals. Yes. It's been long enough that I hear his na- hear his voice more than Brad Johansson. Do you know what I mean? Wow, yeah. Remember That's, Brad Johansson? Yeah. That name takes me back. Yeah. Um, a really nice note from Logie in the piece. Apparently, this podcast inspired Logie to join the creative ranks and apply to Stripe Hype. How about that? We're inspiring people, Joe. That's cool. Yeah, Log- <laughs> Logie's been in my uh, direct mes- mentions before asking for advice, and I try to ha- lend it as much as possible. So uh, I'm happy for him writing stuff that's uh, cool like that. That's something that actually we haven't um, seen. I haven't seen rankings like that uh, before, and so that's cool. And I think we could do something along those lines here. Yeah, so we should solicit some some community feedback, right? Yeah. Do you read or listen to anyone besides us? Right. No. That's the end of the story. No, they do. They'd have to. They do? Of course. Come on. I'll be honest. I don't 
read and listen to too much other Bengal stuff unless it's uh, it's research. It's it's show prep. <laughs> yes, right. But besides show prep, I'm thinking of for enjoyment. Unless someone says, "Oh, this is really good" or has a lot of information, then I'll read it or watch it or consume it. I should say. Who's somebody you like? I love John Sheeran. Love yeah, I, I like John Sheeran stuff. But John does honestly. He's probably. I think. Uh, whatever I do, I, I feel like I have my position. But John is the one that does a lot of the similar things in in, in, in an analytical sense, and he's the one I read to check and balance myself or to even mm-hmm. cross check. And I'll be like, okay, that's what he saw. This okay, this is on his play. I've learned a lot of things from John. Yeah. To be honest, John to me is my favorite Bengals writer out there. That's high praise. I'll praise a few other Cincy Jungle guys. Matt Minich, if you want, yeah. he, he's done film breakdowns on all of the rookies, and he will present you with a pretty rosy outlook. I'd we got to get him on here. Yeah, we probably should. Coach Minich on Twitter, he's asked us questions. Yeah, I've uh, been on his podcast. Well, then he owes us. He That's does how it us. works. That is how it works. Uh, and Josh Kirkendall, who is no yeah. longer involved with Cincy Jungle, he has he's kind not- of... I don't think so. Man, I, I can't not associate him with Cincy Jungle. Yeah, Josh yeah. gave me my start at Same Cincy here. Jungle way back in the day. He was the creator and site manager at Cincy Jungle. But it says former in his uh, Twitter bio. But he was still just... has some really interesting thoughts on the Bengals. Sorry. He Go does. Ahead. I don't mean to cut you off there. Every time I think you're done, I'm jumping in. So we're we're falling down this list now. We're number three now. Um, yeah, Josh Kirkendall, he's a cool guy, and his we we talked about him off air before. I just think his perspective and the way he can lay it out is unique, and I, I like whenever he writes something. Um, but I was going to ask, is Jeff Hobson on Logie's list or not? Because honestly, I know Jeff Hobson gets some crap sometimes for being overly optimistic or selling things, and he does a really good job of selling things, and he's he's employed by the team. But I've always respected and enjoyed reading his stuff, and even if it's from that perspective. And you know what I like about that is that I feel like I have to read between the lines when I read a Jeff Hobson piece. Mm-hmm. And he will tell you things without saying it or saying what he can't say without saying it. You know what I'm saying? And you have to look at it and go, oh, so what he's saying is that guy's not playing in that package or whatever the case may be. I'm like, okay, all right, I see what he's saying. And then you can normally back it up or you'll hear it somewhere else within a week or two and you'll you'll be like, okay, that's what what Jeff was saying. And he's always been super nice to me. Uh, Bengals.com, when Hobson was out for a little bit, asked me to do a piece for them. This was before the 2000... 13 draft or 14, 13, I want to say. It was Marvin Jones draft. Yeah, I remember what was that? that. 2012, 2012 draft. So it was a long time ago now. Uh, but just from that perspective, uh, that gave me a huge boost in in, uh, in my trajectory. So I'm always appreciative of him and those guys. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Anyone else you want to talk about? I've got to go. So Let's go, I've got things to do. Yeah, you do. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's it's good. It's good. We, we really pulled it together here down the stretch. We had, we struggled through that countdown to kickoff with a bunch of guys we didn't know about. I feel like we have to go back in time before the break and tell people, hey, make sure you listen after the break because we actually pick it up a little bit here. We could, but I got to go. I don't have time to do that kind of editing. All right. <laughs> Hopefully you're still listening, listeners. You're getting <laughs> some behind-the-scenes looks today at uh, the the process 
how the meat is processed. Okay. Man, you make some analogies to just... (laughs) Once an episode, you say something, I'm like, man, okay, sure. Like, that doesn't make any sense. (laughs) (laughs) It makes sense, but, like, I don't want to be meat. Whoa! I think the kids are ready for us to go The kids are ready for us to go to. That's been the Lockdown Bengals Podcast. We're brought to you today by Blue Chew. You can find the podcast on the Himalaya Podcast app, Google Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, you name it. We're probably there. Until next time, Bengals fans, have a good one. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.